Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us on today's broadcast and we continue in the Word of God. I'm going to give you a way to reach out to us. You can reach us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. And today we're going to start a new series studying about the prophet Elijah. And I just looking definitely looking forward to it as I want to just go into this, uh, not only studying the prophets of the Old Testament, uh, but also knowing that these are gifts, and this gift in particular, the gift of the prophet, is not only was it given to the Old Testament and the saints on the Old custom, cust, uh, of the old Covenant, which is um, uh, the, book, the book of the law, the laws that uh, Moses gave, but also is for the New Testament church as well. And I know some, um, they delight in the prophet and they... There are some who will, who who's misused it and abused it and abused God's people. And uh, there are others who are true to the calling of God and are walking in the prophetic gift. And all of us have the gift of the word, can have, can have and can operate in a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. But, to, but the office of the prophet is spelled out in the New Testament in Ephesians. So we're going to go into a lot of these uh, subjects and talk about many of these things. But our main subject today, we're going to be talking about lessons from Elijah and are you there yet? So we're going to start out in the book of 1 Kings. So let's turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Kings 17th chapter. And we're going to start at the first verse. And again, we're going to concentrate on, on the first uh, parts of these teachings about Elijah and his life. And you can see so many things uh, if you just studied the life of Elijah and the different things and the different phases that he went through. And we're going to start out in verse 1. And it says, Second Kings, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 17, verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain in these years, but according to my word. And we see that um, as we begin to study this man of God, that there was no introduction. We know that we, you go on and study uh, uh, Elijah and others, Elisha, and, and subsequent prophets beyond uh, Elijah, that they had, you know, many times we got their genealogy or their father. Or their, uh, we know that uh, where Elijah came from, he was a Tishbite, he was of Gilead, but there's no other history we, we learn of him. And we don't know who his father was or who his mother was. It doesn't tell us whether he had brothers or sisters. But Elijah just came on the scene. And I want to just let you know that God always has a man. And when I say a man, I mean a voice. Whether it's man or woman, God has always somebody for the time. And we who are alive today in 2022, you were born for this time. This is the time. This is the perfect time for you. For God, you are not here by accident. You are not put on this planet as a happenstance, but you were sent. I was sent. We are here for this time, this place, and you may not be, this may not be your destiny. You may not be in your destiny today, but all of us should be moving toward that. And you say, preacher, how do I do that? By getting into the word of God and letting God speak to you. Letting God speak to your mind. Let him, as you study the word, as you walk by, by faith in this uh, walk of grace, you will learn who you are. If you want to find out who you are, you can find yourself in the scriptures. 
This is where Jesus discovered himself. As he studied the word and, and as he uh, uh, began to see himself in the scripture, he said in the, in the word, he said, the volume of the book was written of me to do thy will, O Lord. So uh, what that meaning is from Genesis to Revelation, that's what was written. Uh, this whole Bible speaks of Jesus Christ, the son of God, God incarnate, God in the flesh as he walked uh, the the streets and the roads of Jerusalem and Judah and Israel, all about. The Bible said he went about doing good. It spoke in other places where he grew in wisdom and favor with men. So he learned who he was by the scriptures. But as we begin to concentrate on Elijah, Elijah was called by God to be a prophet. And we see there's a difference between, I'm going to try to spell out a little bit of that today as we go through and talk about uh, the beginnings of Elijah's ministry, there is a difference between the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet. And again, I'm talking about the office of a prophet. For again, we all can have and walk in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. These are, are gifts of, of the, uh, these are parts of the prophetic gifts, but it just because you speak a word of wisdom or word of knowledge does not make you a prophet. But it is available to every born again believer who will who has who will walk in the spirit and just listen. God can use you to speak a word of wisdom, give you a word of knowledge for you, for yourself or for your uh, for your situation, for uh, someone that God wants to impact their life and let him, them know who he is and that he has them on their mind. And as we move forward in this study and just know that. The gift of the prophet in the old day, in the Old Testament, the prophet, most of the time, they, they brought truth. Not most of the time. They brought truth. Excuse me. They brought judgment. They saw in the they, they could speak of the past. They could speak of the present and they spoke of the future. And in most cases, the prophet of the Old Testament was a uh, they spoke and, and declared judgment on Israel because of they were under the law. What the law did was, what did the law do? It exposed the sin of, of, of men. The law did not provide a remedy for the sins of men. What did the Ten Commandments, what did the Ten Laws do? It tells you, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt have no other God before me. All those uh, 613 laws were given. We know the ten, the, the, uh, the, fir the, uh, the first ten were given to Moses and they were written on tablets. But the rest of the 603, they were given afterwards. So I want to tell you that these laws, they just exposed man to sin and told them who they were. What did Paul say? He said, before the, he said, before the law, he said, I was good before the law came. But after the law, I was condemned as, as all we would have and are. If you are a person, and I've heard this in the past where people say, well, you know, I feel like we should just live under the Ten Commandments. We should live under the law because they see so much happening in the word in the world that many have have have, have decided to walk away from Christ and his grace and to go back under the law. But the scripture says, if you do that, then you crucify the son of God afresh. Scripture says Christ died what once and dies no more. He went on the tree and he bared the burden of all of our sins and he fulfilled the law. He was the perfect man. He did everything that the law required perfectly. There's not been a man before or since that could do this. And so, uh, as we talk about Elijah, remember, 
he was an Old Testament law prophet. And I believe prophets today can speak of the future. They can speak of the past. They can declare and speak to you about uh, judgments that could come upon your life. But I believe that for the most part, God is not uh, bring sending the prophet to testify of you of your coming death or your coming demise, but he he or she is going to come to tell you yes they do come with rebuke yes they do come with correction yes they do come uh, having being able to foretell in the foretell the foretell of our future or the foretell of what happened in the past or what's going on in your present so don't get me confused don't get confused and think that the prophet and I know many because. Many have misused the office of the prophet that uh, many pastors don't want that. They don't they don't allow that gift in the church. They don't allow that uh, that blessing that God has provided to the New Testament church. They silenced it because they uh, they've seen others abuse the people of God. Again, I say that because I've heard of and seen it myself where one of my former churches that I was belonged to when I was uh, young in the Lord and growing up. I seen prophets come through and just just. Uh, abuse that lack of a better word, abuse the people of God. When they gave their 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 their, their belongings, their money, everything that they could give, thinking and hoping that the prophet could with his one word that could change their lives. When we have sixty six books that can that that we have as a word from God. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside that can speak to you. Jesus said in John 14, he said that he will, uh, the comforter shall come and he will tell you things to come. You have the spirit of the prophet in you, the very Holy Spirit. He can, he can and will speak to you and guide you and lead you into all truth. And again, I'm not denying the power of the, uh, in the office of the prophet, but I believe at times that uh, the New Testament church we are at times we'll get lazy and we don't want a prophet prophecy. And I've heard others say, Oh, I wish I could just hear a prophet, word of prophecy. And they'll go seeking. They'll go from church to church and, and, and city to city looking to hear a word of prophecy. When you have the spirit of God on the inside and the only thing you, we need to do is listen. If you will quiet yourself, set yourself aside, get into the word of God and, and, and just let the Lord speak to you. Get somewhere and get quiet. And ask, And Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So as I just do an introduction here, I want to let you know that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is Jesus Christ the righteous. And Jesus revealed his love for the people of God. When we see um, the judgment coming upon people and the judgment coming upon nations in the Old Testament, you, I want you to know that God loved these people. He loved them. That's why he gave them, uh, gave Israel and, and held Israel out as an example of his love for them if they would walk, only walk in his ways. When they sinned, he told them, if you will, when he built the temple and, 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 and uh, sanctified it, when, when uh, in, under the days of Solomon, he said, if my people ever fall away, he said, point your faces back toward me and repent of your sin. He said, I'll hear you. But he had told them in, uh, uh, in, the, in the commandment, he said, have no other God before you. None other God. God told me, look, I'm a jealous God. And you know what? He still is. And, but yet, he's not bringing the judgments 
that of the Old Testament upon the New Testament church. Yes, there will be judgments that will come after this church is raptured, after the church is taken out of the world. Judgments will come. But today, Jesus took all of our judgment, every all of the punishment, everything that we deserved as belief, as, as sinners, everything that, that sh should have fallen upon us, Jesus took it on his body. He took on sin. He took on judgment. He took on uh, sickness and disease. He took on poverty. The Bible says that he became poor that we might be rich. He took it on. And so, again, as we begin this study, I want you to know that this prophet, a man of God, steps on the scene. There is no history that we hear of, of Elijah. But we see a man of God that's, that, that God called out and had him to be example for Israel. That if they would follow his word and God backed up his word. And when Elijah spoke and, the, and Elijah had to grow to this place. He had to get in this place. He was an old man. Or I would say a mature man. Let's put it that way. He was a mature man. And as he got there, and, he, and we'll see that Elijah was raising up prophets after him. Because he knew he, he was only going to live a certain amount of time. And so the Bible even speaks of a school of the prophets where Elijah was training those who would come after him. So let's get into the word now as we study more on the life of Elijah. So let's go continue on in First uh, Kings 17 and 2. And it says, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, and remember again, Elijah had the Holy Spirit moving on him. But as we will contrast this, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Again, Elijah had the Holy Spirit that will move on him, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. And God spoke to him and said, get thee hence. In other words, move, turn thee eastward. And hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall come to pass that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now in that minute, what we just read. I'm gonna, let me finish this up. In, in the, uh, let me just read this. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the raven brought him bread and flesh in the morning. He got him a two-piece meal in the morning. Then he got the same in the evening. And he drank of the brook. So just, just going back to these verses here, God spoke. He told him to turn, go to, go to the brook by Brook Cherith in Jordan. That is before Jordan, rather. And the Bible said, he went and did. See, God had when God told him, God said everything in the order. Everything. God is an order. He is a God of order. He is a God that says that, 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 uh, that has already performed everything that Elijah would need was already done. God had given commandments to the raven. He knew where the water was. He had a place because God did not want him to be before Ahab. He didn't want anybody around him. He said, look, if you go there. If you go there, I have your provision. What a great message for all of us today to, uh, to, to, to have within ourselves that if I go, if I'm obedient to the word, then God has already provided provisions for me. 
if I will just go there. The question is, are you there? Are you where God has commanded you? Are you in are you are are you are you in the situation? Are you in the job that God has provided for you? Are you in ministry that God has called you for and you know he called you to it? There are well, all of us have it there. Every one of us have a place that God has anointed for us, and that's where the blessing will flow. Because many times when there's a call in your life and God has matured you enough to hear him, and we are in disobedience. God doesn't, you know, we are asking God, why aren't you speaking to us? Because you haven't done the last thing. Think about how unjust it would be for God to call you to go to uh, uh, Chicago or to go to New York. And you hadn't gotten there yet. And then he started giving you commandments to go to Main Street or go to Broadway. And you're still in Atlanta. But we have to learn to go there. We have to learn to do the first thing. I believe Revelation speaks about doing the first works. We have to learn, and I believe the first works is knowing that God loves us and receiving his love and his grace. Knowing that if I walk in his grace, if I walk in the love of God, and I walk in the love of God by receiving it, it's more about me receiving from God, and I'm talking about love, than me loving him. Because if I, if, if I receive God's love, which is abundant and overflowing, and we'll never be able to, to, uh, to know the depths and the height and the breadth of the love that God has shared toward us. But we can uh, um, uh, just uh, uh, bathe ourselves, soak in that love. And as we do that, we'll begin to understand the wisdom and the love and the provision God had prepared for us. And this what this prophet did. The Bible says he went and he did. And when he got there, Food was there. Water was there. A place to, a safe place. It's, all, it's always a safe place to be in the plan of God. If you will get in the center of his will, and how do I get there? It's, not, it's, it's simple. See, we want to make it uh, um, the, like the Pythagorean theorem of, of geometry or Newton's law of relativity and all of those sophisticated things and deep math problems when it's so, it was, as Isaiah 35 says, that it is so simple that a fool will not err, will not error. The prophet simply did. He went and he did. He heard. And that's another thing. As I said earlier, we have to get to where we can hear. There is so much noise. There's so many false prophets and so much uh, misinformation. We even heard the other day how that the president said that he was going to establish a cabinet position, uh, uh, not a cabinet position, but a department of misinformation to, to, to uh, try to discover where are the lies coming from. But I want to tell you, it's going to be hard to do. Because I'm going to tell you, the father of lies, the Bible calls him that serpent. He's slick, he's sly, he's cunning. And you can never expect a liar to tell you the truth. He's always going to lie. And as soon as you, you can spend your whole life trying to find out the root of the lie. And it'll, you know what? It'll always go back to Satan. He's the, the, uh, he is the originator of the lie. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, the prophecy and, and what God and what uh, in the New Testament, what God has done, because many, again, in the body of Christ, they shut it down. 
And we're going to go back to Elijah because that's going to, he's going to be the central figure of what we're talking about uh, in these lessons. But as we go here now to um, the book of Acts, Acts 11, 11, 27, it says that uh, in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood one of, one of them named Agabus, signified by the Holy Spirit that there shall be a great dearth or a famine throughout all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. And it says, Disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. So think about what I just read here in the New Testament, how this prophet, he heard from God, he spoke. But it's so important that when we hear prophecy, when we hear true prophecy, that we act on it. And he was talking about days to come. So what did they do? They prepared themselves. It didn't, he told them, he said, look, there's coming a time that there's going to be a famine in the world. So what did they do? They said, okay, the man of God has spoken there's going to be famine. So what should we do? I should prepare for it. <clears throat> we should set provision aside. What should we do spiritually? I tell you, the Bible spoke of um, in the Old Testament that there won't be a, uh, there's going to be a famine of hearing the word of God. It didn't say there's going to be a famine of words. But it says of hearing the word of God, hearing the truth. What did Jesus say? He said that ye shall know the truth and it shall make you free. That's John, I believe, John 8, 32. It says that ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Whenever you hear a true word of God, it just brings life into you. It puts the strength spring in your step. You know, it makes, your, it makes your heart happy. It makes your heart glad when you are hearing when the disciples were coming um, and went after Jesus' crucifixion, and as they were walking, two of his disciples were walking on the road of Emmaus. They were headed back to Jerusalem. It says that Jesus joined them, but they didn't recognize him. And he began to expound to them. They began to tell him, uh, they asked him who he was and, and had he heard the news. And they began to tell him about uh, Jesus and then uh, about the things that have happened. And then Jesus began to tell them about the prophecies and things that would befall him. And the Bible says that when their eyes finally came open, he disappeared. But what did they say? As they were walking and they listened to the Savior, they said, didn't our hearts burn? They heard the truth. The Bible says, Jesus said that ye shall know the truth and the very truth will make you free. It'll set you free. It'll, it'll, it's a problem solver. It's a, it's a, it'll, it'll regulate your mind and bring peace when you hear truth. But I want to tell you, in the last days, the Bible says that Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians. Um, see if I can get the 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 11. Um, let, me, let me go that back there again. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 14. For Paul was talking about in the last day, he said, for such there were our false apostles, false leaders. He said, they are deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And we know and have seen for ourselves those for decades. You know, we heard about the famous Reverend Ike and others on television. I remember when I was supporting uh, our bishop as we went back and forth between Alabama and Georgia and, and in the midnight and in the late hours when we were coming back, 
we would hear the Georgia prophet on the radio and he would speak how that if you just sent him a, a, a new dime, a new shiny dime, he would tell you your future. And he would tell you all these things that were and why you were having problems. And he stayed on the radio for years because people had those. The Bible calls them itching ears. They had ears because they, they, they didn't love the truth, but they love to hear. They, they wanted to hear something. They wanted to hear. They wanted to uh, get at, and hear. They wanted something that would uh, uh, fulfill their desires. I believe that's over in Second Timothy 4 and 3. Let's turn there. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 3. And it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, they won't endure. There is a t and this is the time. You come now and you preach truth. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, people say, Well, you got to treat, preach the straight gospel. The straight gospel, the gospel that, uh, you know, tell a man, we don't know a man from a man. And they want to they want to preach against the homosexual. They want to preach against um, uh, uh, the drugs and the preach against the prostitute. But they won't talk about the contents of the heart. Yes, all of those things are wrong. Everybody that's out in the world. And we all know for ourselves, when you were not saved, you know you where you were headed. We know the truth, but we didn't want to hear it. We didn't seek it out. But when somebody came to you and told you, you know, won't you try Jesus? That came a conviction on you. What you knew, and I knew when I was a teenager, and my mom or my, uh, my, my sister or my grandmother talked to me about Christ, I knew that was the way. I just, I thought it was good for them, but not for me. Because I was glad they were saved. I was glad my sister wasn't uh, doing the things that other young ladies were doing. I was glad my grandma and my mother would say, oh, how I, you know, when they would go off out of town on revival or they would go out the church out of town, I would lay in my bed because I knew I should be saved. I knew that of the teachings of Christ, how that one day my grandma made sure I knew that there was coming a time that Jesus was going to come and take his church away. And if you weren't saved, you were in jeopardy. So many a night I laid in bed with my mom. I would may take a nap. But I wouldn't, I could not sleep peaceably until I recognized, or do I realize that they were back home. And when they were home, falsely, I was at peace. But I knew the truth because it had been taught to me as a young man. My grandmother had, I would read the Bible to her. Granny's eyes were failing her. And she would say, come here, Eric, and read the Bible to me. And she would tell me scriptures that she wanted me to read. And as a young boy, I would just take the Bible and Granny said, okay, read. So I would read to her. And thank God that she did. Now, I don't remember what I read, but I know that when she asked me, I did. But my point being that some that the truth, I heard it. I knew it. And many times I didn't act like I did, but I knew the truth. And I knew it was wrong to lie. I knew it was wrong to curse. It didn't stop me from doing it, but I did it. But I knew of it. So what I'm saying to all of you and to, to any that's listening to this broadcast, that God loves you. That's why he's presenting his truth to us. And as I preach about the, uh, uh, the life of Elijah and how this man had dedicated his life for the for nation, nation of Israel, he put himself out there. Elijah put himself on the line because he trusted God. When he spoke to Ahab, and this was King Ahab, this wasn't just a man, any man on the street. This was the king. 
And he told the king, it's not going to rain until I say so. Because Elijah had confidence in what God had told him to say. And see, if Elijah would have been afraid or if he would have denied that, if he would have waited and said, well, I'm just going to wait and see. And as the drought comes, then uh, I'll say something about it. No, Elijah had to speak before the drought came. Because if he delayed, the king could have said, well, you know, you just prophesying because everybody sees it's not raining. But what did he do? He prophesied and said, it is not going to rain. Let's go back and read that. He says, there shall not be, just first verse, there shall not be due nor rain. These years, but what? According to my word. So in other words, he didn't say it's not going to rain for a few weeks. It's not going to rain for a few months. He said years. But he said, according to my word. Why? Because Elijah had heard that God said, okay, it's going to be a prolonged period of time. To, a prolonged period of time. He didn't tell him how long. But he says, it's going to be some years. And Elijah said, I'll tell you. You know what? I'll tell you when it's going to rain again. But not only that, he says, that's not going to be due. It's going to be dry. And as God, as the man of God heard the Lord speak, as he heard God give him instruction, he went, the Bible said, and he did, and he went there. I say again, are you there? what God instructed you to be? Are you doing? Are you fulfilling your calling? What has God called you to do that you are not doing? And I'm not talking about necessarily, it doesn't have to be preaching. It could just be, you could be assisting in childcare. You could be a greeter at the church. God made some people are called just to be a giver and support the ministry. Are you supporting the ministry that God told you to, to support? Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you, uh, are you, has God called you to be, a, uh, be at, lead the prayer service? Are you conducting Bible studies? Are you, has he called you to, okay, your husband make enough money now. You just stay home with your kids because this is, a, this is a time that I need you to be that teacher there for them. So when they have questions, but if you are doing, but if you're out and, and out making that money, if you will follow God, you can make more money with one salary than you can with two. If you are being led by God. And God will not call you to stay home just because you don't want to work. Motherhood and parenthood is a calling. It's a calling. And no, everybody doesn't need to stay home and raise their kids. It would be good to be excellent. Some parents are single parents. Some moms, are, they, you know, they, don't, they have their husband for whatever condition that that woman finds herself in or that man finds himself in, they're raising their children by themselves. So you can't stay home. You have, to, you have to provide for them and trust God. But what I'm saying is that we have to recognize that God is calling us. And if we do what we've called us to do, we will succeed on every hand. Yep, yep. But, I just don't understand it. I'm like, yep. And that, and and. And there's so much that we could talk about today and will in this teaching on a lesson from Elijah. Are you there yet? And as we end today, I just want to just pray for those who are on the call today. I pray, Father, we thank you for your love, your kindness. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the spirit of, of, of humility that you made available to all of us. 
I pray for those who don't know you. And if you don't know Christ, I pray that you would repeat these words after me, Jesus. Lord, I come to you now. Lord, receiving your life that you gave for me, your blood you shed for me. And I declare, O oh Lord, that I repent of my sins and I ask you, Lord God, and receive you into my life. Lord, thank you that you have forgiven me, that my sins are washed away, and now I can walk in the newness of life. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Lord God, I invite your Holy Spirit to fill me with your divine power. And now I can hear you. I can see you clearly, Lord. Teach me and show me what you would have for me to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. And for those of you who are believers already, I pray that you go to your there. Speak to Lord to the Lord and just ask him, Father, help me. Lead me to my there. Lord, my place that you have designated for me. Lord, I humble myself today and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. And whatever capability and whatever way that you choose to use me, Lord, I make myself available. And I claim this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for those who joined us today. And we pray that we'll come here again to be with us as we worship you and go through and teaching and just meditating upon your word on journeys in grace. Be blessed until we meet again.